Coming up, the Mavs go up in the West standings and the Pelicans push the Lakers closer to the edge of the playoff picture. This is Locked On Now NBA. The biggest games, the best performances, expert analysis. You are Locked On Now. What's up, everybody? You are listening to Locked On Now NBA, local experts with the biggest stories on the hardwood. I'm your host, Daniela Bruce, and thank you for making Locked On Now your first listen every weekday. Our Locked On NBA hosts are here to help break down everything from the night in basketball. The Jazz and the Mavericks battled with playoff position on the line in last night's biggest game. The biggest game. The Utah Jazz and the Dallas Mavericks sat right next to each other in the West going into last night's matchup in Dallas. Luka and the Mavs took it to Utah to hop them in the standings. And our Locked On Mavericks host breaks down the game. The Dallas Mavericks get the win over the Utah Jazz. Nick Engstead from the Locked On Mavericks podcast here. And the Mavericks entered the day tied for fourth in the Western Conference with the Utah Jazz. They now move ahead of them. And they're only two games back from the Golden State Warriors. Rudy Gobert was a late scratch in this one. Hassan Whiteside missed this game as well for the Jazz. Bogdanovich missed this game as well. Donovan Mitchell had a weird injury scare in the middle of this game, but he ended up coming back, and he was okay. That was good to see. But the Mavericks going into halftime were, just, were struggling. Their offense just couldn't seem to get anything going, and then out of halftime they realized, oh, yeah, with no Gobert, with no Hassan Whiteside, we can get into the paint, and we can do some stuff in the paint as well. And so they they did that. They got into the paint. They got uh, they hit 17 of their 34 threes. They hit 17 of their 24 free throws that they got in this game, and they took advantage of a team that was very much was missing a lot of players. Uh, Reggie Bullock was huge. Hit seven of 11 threes for 23 points. Luka Doncic just doing what he does: 32 points, 10 boards, and he was just taking control of this game when he had to. Jalen Brunson helped as well with 22 points. The Mavericks team moves on, and they look forward to hopefully moving up and continuing to keep moving on up. The Utah Jazz were without their biggest defender in the middle and couldn't stop Dallas as a result. Lockdown Jazz explains. In a battle for fourth in the Western Conference, the Jazz got a blow before the night started. Rudy Gobert out with a leg injury, meaning the Jazz were without four of the rotation players coming into Dallas. And after a first quarter in which the Jazz showed a valiant effort, taking a 29-21 lead, they just could not defend. The Jazz have not been able to defend all season long without a big man on the floor. They came into the game in the second percentile defensively without a center on the floor, and that's what happened the rest of the way. The Mavericks' defense offensive rating in the second quarter was about a 160. It was a 135 in the third quarter and stayed around 130 in the fourth as Luka Doncic led the way with 32 points, but it was the three-point shooting, 17 of 34 by the Mavericks, led by Reggie Bullock, seven threes and the Jazz inability to defend with a small lineup on the floor and the amount of injuries, too much for them, and they now sit in fifth in the Western Conference. For more, go to Lockdown Jazz and the Lockdown Podcast Network. The Celtics used big nights from their stars to get another big win over a playoff team in the Minnesota Timberwolves. After making it look easy yet again, Lockdown Celtics tells you how Boston keeps getting it done. John Corrales here at the TD Garden after the Boston Celtics 134-112 to 112 win over the Minnesota Timberwolves. Once again, the Boston Celtics throttle a good team. They took a four-point lead after the first quarter and then went on a 17-4 run in the second. 
And after Carl Anthony Towns scored 12 points in the first, they only let him score seven points the rest of the way. So number one, the Boston defense was awesome. You didn't hear much from Anthony Edwards. He had 24 points, but it was a quiet 24, and he piled on some points late. Towns, 19 points. And like I said, after making it look like he was going to score 50 early, the Celtics really clamped down. Meanwhile, showtime at the Garden. The Celtics were running. They were doing a great job pushing the pace. You got 65 combined points from Tatum and Brown, 34 for Jason Tatum, 31 from Jalen Brown. And then the supporting cast did a little bit of everything. Peyton Pritchard coming in in that second quarter, a pivotal second quarter that blew this game open and hitting three straight three-pointers. You got contributions from Aaron Neesmith defensively. You got contributions from Robert Williams defensively. No Al Horford in this one. I was afraid that the Celtics might struggle a little defensively. They did not. Just another domination. The sixth straight game where Boston has held a 20-point lead. And as I record this, I'm watching to see if the Philadelphia 76ers lose, because if they do, the Celtics will be alone in first place because they hold a tiebreaker over Miami. After everything that has happened to the Boston Celtics, this is a first place team. I'm going to talk about it on the Lockdown Celtics podcast. So make sure you're subscribed and watch the show on YouTube. While the Celtics won their sixth in a row, the Timberwolves are now losers of three of their last four games as Minnesota tries to put the pieces together for a playoff run. Lockdown Wolves tells you what's gone missing in Minnesota's game. Ben Beacon with Lockdown Wolves here. The Timberwolves fell to the Celtics in Boston on Sunday afternoon by 22 for the Wolves' third loss in their last four games. This was a, a pretty miserable offensive performance in the middle portion of the game for the Wolves, and the defense from the second quarter on was terrible. Uh, Boston had a 70-plus at halftime. They had 103 going to the fourth quarter. Uh, Anthony Edwards was able to score 24 points in this game. Much of that damage happening in the third quarter as the Wolves tried to hang in. Carl Anthony Towns got into a little bit of foul trouble once again and scored just 19 points as the Celtics ratcheted up the defense on him. Uh, the defense, though, was the bigger issue for Minnesota. They allowed 30-plus to both Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. And uh, I mean, it, it, there was just no defense for the Celtics best players. The Wolves obviously missing Jaden McDaniels in this one. Also no Malik Beasley to give them an extra punch from beyond the beyond the arc, missing the game with the sprained ankle. Um, and it was a disappointing start to the road trip for Minnesota. We're going to break it all down on the postgame podcast tonight. Exactly what happened to the Timberwolves offensively and why the defense struggled so much against the Celtics. Uh, make sure you subscribe to Lockdown Wolves for all things Timberwolves. Big playoff implications in New Orleans last night between the Pelicans and the Lakers. With one of the last spots in the West up for grabs, New Orleans came back from a big deficit early to take down Los Angeles and shock a still-struggling Lakers team. After the big game in the Big Easy, Locked On Pelicans and Locked On Lakers take you through the final. The New Orleans Pelicans get their biggest win of the season with a 23-point comeback to beat the Los Angeles Lakers. I'm Jake Madison, host of Locked On Pelicans and Locked On NBA. In a game that could decide the ninth seed in the Western Conference playing tournament, it was the Pelicans coming out on top despite being down by as many as 23 points. LeBron James was hot in the first half, trying to deliver a knockout punch or Will Smith slap by scoring 25 points, making six threes. But New Orleans weathered that storm and started to finally get some momentum after the break. Rookie Trey Murphy was the spark and the hero for the Pelicans with 21 points after the break. 
And after a massive dunk, he got a technical for taunting, and it seemed to wake up New Orleans. They started chipping away at the Lakers' lead while the Lakers started to stagnate. And at that point in the fourth quarter, when New Orleans took the lead for good, the Lakers looked shell-shocked, and they stopped moving the ball and only forced tough shots in isolation, which were largely misses at that point. The win puts New Orleans in ninth by a half game over the Lakers and a home play in tournament game in their sights. Plus, New Orleans now owns the tiebreaker over the Lakers. How important this win was cannot be overstated for New Orleans. So for more on this game, and if Zion Williamson's going to see the court before the end of the season, make sure to check out the Locked On Pelicans podcast. Hey everyone, this is Brian Kamenetsky, co-host of Locked On Lakers. The Lakers called Sunday night's game in New Orleans a must-win. And they did not. 116 to 108, the final. The Lakers blow a huge first half lead, 23 points. Uh, and it was very costly in a lot of ways. First of all, the Lakers fall a half game behind New Orleans uh, for that 9 10 spot in the Western Conference, try to host the first play in game. More importantly, they lost the, uh, the, the tiebreaker to the Pelicans, so they'll have to clear them entirely uh, to have an opportunity to host the, that game. More importantly than that, they're now only a game ahead of San Antonio uh, to keep the 10 seed and not fall out of the playoffs entirely. And more important than that, LeBron James hurt his ankle and seems uh, relatively doubtful to play on Tuesday in Dallas. Uh, he did finish the game, but it's one of those deals where once you stop moving, uh, it, it didn't sound good for LeBron or the Lakers. Afterwards, Frank Vogel said that time is running out on this team. That is absolutely true. I don't think he meant it uh, as a way to soothe Lakers fans who have to keep watching this stuff, um, but that's uh, kind of what it is uh time indeed running out on this team and that may be for the best much more coming up on a special crossover edition of locked on lakers coming up both the warriors and the nets lose games with the playoff stakes high this is locked on now nba after months of playing college basketball has determined the top teams for the final four and will determine this year's national champion this coming week bet online is your number one source for all of your betting needs and sports info from all of the latest odds contests and player props you name it bet online remains the best spot for all of your latest sports developments including podcasts and reviews for all the leagues this season and of course it's not just basketball bet online is your continued source for all your sporting wagering information needs including live betting and your favorite vegas casino games head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action bet online where the game starts Welcome back to Locked On Now NBA. I'm Daniela Bruce, and thank you for making Locked On Now your first listen every weekday. The Golden State Warriors lost one they definitely didn't think they would lose as we continue around the league. Let's go around the league. The Golden State Warriors took a confusing loss to the Wizards yesterday, a team that has no business beating Golden State even when Washington is at full strength. Lockdown Warriors takes you through the defeat as Golden State fights for playoff position. Cyrus Soth is here with Locked On Warriors, and this is your nightly Locked On Now recap. The Warriors lost to a team that we've been talking about for a while as being the worst in the NBA, especially with Bradley Beal and Kuzma out, yet the Warriors lose. They've now lost five of their last six games. They never led once in the entire game. And one of the most baffling parts is uh, head coach Steve Kerr's reluctance to play his prized rookies who have actually performed strong this year. 
Um, but for some reason, Jonathan Kaminga only played 14 minutes. Moses Moody did not even play. Yet Damian Lee plays 18 minutes. Dub Nation explained that one for me. Uh, tomorrow is a, the second of a back-to-back -back where they play the Memphis Grizzlies in a game a month ago, even two weeks ago, was widely heralded and, and full of anticipation. It now is lackluster simply because the Warriors pretty much have no chance of the two seed and are now fighting to hold on to the three seed. Clay Thompson, despite having a strong game, he will sit out tomorrow. Otto Porter Jr. will sit out tomorrow. So will Draymond Green, who also struggled and in a post-game press conference, uh, took the brunt of the blame for the loss and said he has never experienced being the reason for a team struggling as opposed to contributing and helping a team. We'll break this all down on Locked On Warriors tomorrow, but Dub Nation, there's a lot of room for concern given the season is winding down and momentum is currently not on the Warriors' side. I'm Cyrus Sotsis. You can follow me on Twitter at DogSurfRocho. You can follow the program on Twitter at Locked On Dubs. And again, we'll break this all down tomorrow. The Warriors have now lost five of six, and the postseason is just around the corner. There isn't much room for optimism, folks. Especially for Chris Rock. I just saw that punch. <laughs> the Phoenix Suns have been too good for just about everyone this season, and that includes the Sixers last night. Joel Embiid's big night wasn't enough to beat Phoenix, and Locked on Suns tells you why. You cannot take your foot off the gas against these Phoenix Suns. 114 to 104, the final score as the Suns win another one, get one win closer to their franchise win record. Brendan Clean here with Locked on Suns coming to you from footprint center after a massive victory another one i feel like i keep saying they're massive i keep describing each and every one the same way no lead is safe you cannot put your you cannot stop putting your foot down and the suns punish you if you try two scorers one who opened the game in this case devin booker one who closed it in this case chris paul joel and doing all he could 37 points and an efficient night for him but james harden two of 11 Something of a signature stat line for him, not even to uh, joke about it, but it is just not going to be enough when only one of your stars steps up against the Suns. They not only have those two stars, but they have balance. They do not make mistakes, and they punish you if you make mistakes. And if you do that, one of the results is going to be a double-digit loss. That is what we saw here once again tonight, 114-104. For more on these Suns, as they march towards 63 wins and a franchise record, listen to Locked On Suns wherever you get your podcasts. While the Lakers fall down the standings in the West, the Brooklyn Nets are still fighting for their playoff spot in the East, but they did get Kyrie Irving back for his first home game of the season on Sunday. He looked far from comfortable in the home debut, and Locked On Nets has to recap the loss as a result. Brutal. Brutal loss for Brooklyn at home. 119-110. They fall to the Charlotte Hornets. They lose the season series. They lose their eighth seed to the Hornets, who now overtake them. Nets find themselves in the ninth seed, coming off a statement win, we thought, over the Miami Heat on Saturday night. They drop a critical game. We know that the Nets have razor-thin margins to work with this season down the stretch. And in what was Kyrie Irving's return to the Barclays Center for the first time on the court this season for the Nets, he unfortunately had one of his all-time worst shooting performances. Back-to-back, -back, fatigue factor, all that good stuff. Doesn't matter. We know that these games are all too important for Brooklyn, and they cannot afford to give away opportunities like this. Could have kept Charlotte in their rear view. 
could have continued to push towards that seventh seed, could not work the defensive rotations in this one, could not close out and force Charlotte off the three-point line in the second half. That led to their demise. And obviously, when you have two superstars like Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving, you need them to shoulder the load in a game like this. They weren't able to as well. The Knicks and the Pistons went down to the final play last night when New York's defense rose up to the occasion and got a win on the road. Locked on Knicks and Pistons go over how things played out in the end in Detroit. Hey, what's up, guys? This is Gavin Shaw of the Locked on Knicks podcast following a 104-102 New York Knicks victory over the Detroit Pistons. The game was won not on offense, but on defense as Alec Burks stripped Cade Cunningham, the Detroit Pistons rookie sensation, on what would have been a potential game-tying shot. That following Burke's big three-pointer on the other end of things to give the Knicks uh, 104 points for the game. Julius Randle had a mixed bag in his return from injury as he had a number of back-breakingly bad plays defensively, including getting back-cut by Marvin Bagley um, in the final two minutes for an and-one dunk. Uh, offensively, similar story for Randle. He had a number of forced isolations that have defined his season and did not result in the same made shots that he had a year ago. But... He also had some really good moments passing the basketball, including that assist to Burks. Um, had a lot of success on the short roll, just just spraying it out to shooters. And was pretty patient around the rim, like a number of nice pump fakes and finishes there. And a big three in the final five minutes when the Knicks absolutely needed one and were just dying in the water offensively. But this game was also a testament to the Knicks' young talent who have carried them over this recent winning stretch. Emmanuel quickly stayed hot from three and, and threw maybe his pass of the season off an offensive rebound, leading Obi Toppin about 60 feet down the court. Speaking of Toppin, he was once again fantastic running the floor in this game. Deuce McBride played with pace, played with energy, um, number of nice passes, number of really solid moments on the defensive end of the floor. Jericho Sims continued to find success on the interior as well. The Knicks will look to continue their winning ways tomorrow against Chicago. But until then, I'm Gavin Shaw, Locked on Knicks. Hey everyone, this is Brian Kamenetsky, co-host of Locked on Lakers. The Lakers called Sunday night's game in New Orleans a must-win. And they did not. 116 to 108, the final. The Lakers blow a huge first half lead, 23 points. Uh, and it was very costly in a lot of ways. First of all, the Lakers fall a half game behind New Orleans uh, for that 9 10 spot in the Western Conference, try to host the first play in game. More importantly, they lost the, uh, the, the tiebreaker to the Pelicans, so they'll have to clear them entirely uh, to have an opportunity to host the, that game. More importantly than that, they're now only a game ahead of San Antonio uh, to keep the 10 seed and not fall out of the playoffs entirely. And more important than that, LeBron James hurt his ankle and seems uh, relatively doubtful to play on Tuesday in Dallas. Uh, he did finish the game, but it's one of those deals where once you stop moving, uh, it, it didn't sound good for LeBron or the Lakers. Afterwards, Frank Vogel said that time is running out on this team. That is absolutely true. I don't think he meant it uh, as a way to soothe Lakers fans who have to keep watching this stuff, um, but that's uh, kind of what it is. Uh, time indeed running out on this team, and that may be for the best. Much more coming up on a special crossover edition of Locked On Lakers. And that's all for Locked On Now NBA. Thank you again for making Locked On Now your first listen every weekday. Now that you're done here, make sure you make your second listens Locked On NBA and your team's local Locked On podcast. I'm Daniela Bruce, and this has been Locked On Now.